Hello there, everyone, and welcome back to the Pretty Bubbles podcast uh, with myself, Matt, and I am, as always, joined by Jamie. I say as always because it is just always easy if you just us two. <laughs> yeah. things that you're there, we've all give congratulations to Daryl with the ball. Yeah, uh, we have uh, got a new member of the Pretty Bubbles podcast family. Um, Daryl and his fiance welcome the little baby Declan. Uh, on Wednesday night, the day of the Norwich game. Um, so obviously Declan named after his favourite TV presenter from Newcastle. Um, so yeah, congratulations to both of them. Um, and thankfully, because we won on Wednesday, he didn't have to give Declan up for adoption straight away. <laughs> to be fair, if we'd lost to Norwich, like that's never a good sign. It's a bad omen if your kids are yeah. born on the day you lose to Norwich. Um, anyway, yeah, as always, get in touch with us on social media, um, on Facebook with Pretty Bubbles Podcast, uh, on Twitter at Bubbles underscore podcast, and on Instagram, Pretty underscore Bubbles underscore podcast. And of course, like and subscribe on YouTube and hit that notification bell to make sure you are up to date whenever one of our new podcasts goes live. So yes, anyway, on to the football. Norwich on Wednesday night came to the London Stadium and... It went, I think, pretty much how we expected for the most part. Uh, obviously, Jamie, you were there. Tell me a bit more about the game from your perspective. Yeah, uh, I'm going to be honest. I thought first half we didn't play that well. First, like, yeah, Norwich didn't really challenge us. Like they didn't really test us. But I wasn't impressed with how well we played. I think we seemed a little bit lax, like we were off the pace. But obviously, had the goal disallowed. I've seen it. Yeah, I think Vlasic is uh, blocking. Um, crawl, but then West Ham should have had a penalty, especially after you see the decision last night. You, yeah, it's that was a bad decision, but we get the goal before half time, and I think going in half time one nil up, um, is a big difference to nil nil because second half could get a bit more edgy, a bit more nervy, but we got the win, uh, we got the win, and we were better in the second half, still not fantastic, but. Good enough, and ultimately, four wins in a row. Jared Bowen is on fire, and you can't really ask much more at the moment. Win on Sunday, that's five wins in a row. Next round of the FA Cup, Bob's your uncle. <laughs> it's simple, it's an easy game. Yeah. Um, yeah, like as you say, there's the, the couple of sort of contentious, contentious in inverted commas decisions. Um, in the, like before we got that mm. first goal, obviously, the disallowed goal. Yeah, you could probably see why it's given. I think you could make an argument for not giving it as well. Um, yeah. But I think probably just on the balance, it's probably the right decision. But the, the main one is is Tim Krull molesting Nikola Vlasic uh, from a corner. And I don't understand if Farr's not looking at that and over, overturning it. Like you say, especially with the decision in the Palace-Brighton game last night, with a penalty being given for that. What yeah. are they doing if they're not looking at that? It's been really bad. Like, I, I did think the one on Will Hughes was a pen. So, yeah. it just, if I think that one's a pen, it makes sense why our one was a pen. Like, to, to be fair, speaking of Brighton last night, that just that, that game sums Brighton up to an absolute T. Um, but Back to the Brighton of last year. Yeah, I, I think we would have better... Yeah, I, I just thought, that I, live, I didn't think it was a pen because no one knew what was going on, because especially being the other end of the ground. Like, no one thought about it. You check Twitter at half-time and everyone's absolutely raging and you see the clip and you're like, 
I get why people are pissed off because it does look like a penalty. That's where the disappointment comes in. But small D out, we still won the game. It didn't affect the results. So it's kind of, yes, it's annoying, but at least it didn't affect the overall score. Or Yeah, that's the, the main thing, isn't it? As long as you're not then, it's not costing you anything. So it doesn't particularly matter. Say we, we drew that game, you're probably, there's everyone's going to be a lot more up in arms about it. But I, I just want, yeah. I'd like for some official somewhere, whether it be from the Premier League or the Referees Association, or anyone to come out and give some sort of explanation when things like that happen. But mm. I'm not going to hold my breath for things like that anytime soon. Uh, obviously then took the lead, uh, Bowen finally getting his name on the score sheet. And I mean, you've got to be asking questions of Ben Gibson um, being beaten in the air by Jared yeah. Bowen. But um, he comes from behind him, from... so he doesn't see the run, does he? But even so, yeah, like, it's a good ball in from Sue Fowl still um, getting up. Like it was an overhit cross from the left. He then picks it up on the right, gets it back in. But Bowen, like you say, does come from the blind side, makes a good little run in front, um, and not the sort of goals that you've expected from him, um, but. You take it and at the key time as well. I think it was about the 41st minute, was it? Yeah. Um, so key time, like you say, the difference between going in at half time nil nil and one nil was massive. Mm, very much so. That's 30 games now for Bowen this season, eight goals, eight assists. So a goal involvement every 140 minutes, roughly 150 that's, minutes. So that's a pretty good standard for someone um, that's not long, only a couple of years out of the championship. Um, still yeah. sort of getting he's really pushing on to that next level and I will ask a question about him in a minute mm. uh, but let's talk, uh, obviously second half he also hit the bar and the post uh, before he added his second um, while he clips the bar I think he sh he's got to be burying that what do you think? Yeah he should finish that he will be he'll look back at that one and get disappointed he didn't finish that because he could have had a hat trick like the problem was I think he just caught it too well he could have maybe done with maybe just shanking it a little and it just, just gets over the uh, goalie. But, yeah, he should score. That's it, isn't it? He was just looking for that little dink, just a little chip. He's got too much on it and it, that's what's taken it too far into the bar. Obviously, then hits the post. Nothing really to be said about that one. It was at a tough angle. It took a little deflection. Like That's the sort of one that if you score, you say probably the keeper's got to do better or something like that because of the angle and, and it was at the near post. Um, and obviously then... Uh, added his second um, in somewhat fortuitous circumstances. I with adamant that was offside. He just everything about it. It's like, even when I sort of first saw the replay, it just looked offside. But then when you actually notice at the time the ball's hit, I mean, you got to say in the first instance, I think Masuaku does terribly because he plays it in far too late. He he takes a touch when he doesn't need to, and he could have fizzed. Which normally he loves crossing first time, but this yeah. is the time he decides to take a touch. Um, but yeah, if he fizzes that in first time, Bowen's probably there. But yeah, he, he held it a little bit. But how on earth he managed to somehow... At, at first, when I first saw it, I thought it was an own goal. Um, mm. I didn't think it was him that got the final touch. So I thought it might have been overturned on the basis that that's he fine. didn't touch it. Yeah, that's what I thought. Like, live, I because where I see it or stand, I was like parrot straight in line with Masawaku from when he hit it. So I've seen it go in, and my first thing I've done is I looked to the line and I've seen the flag go up early. So I'm not celebrating. Like I'm like, it looks off. It looks offside. Didn't expect it. And then the longer it went on, I went, well, this is a lot closer than I thought it was. 
<laughs> he ends the replay and it's just he's but he's tried to get his body the right side of Bowen, but he's left his right leg trailing and it's like that's what's killed him it was yeah and it is it's with offsides obviously we know that some of the things we've seen is a game of millimeters um mm. and obviously it came down in our favor favor on this occasion um one thing i obviously i wanted to touch on as well was the the, the team that went out um obviously suchek seems to have covid now um so lanzini came into that deeper play, playing playing role um so he wasn't getting forward as much as he had done in previous games but i think he's settled into that role quite nicely as well um it's easier against a team like norwich where they're not going to be forcing mm. the game onto you as much um, and you can afford to have someone like lanzini in a more creative role there but i think him and rice work well together yeah i thought he'd done the job like we had 60 odd percent of the session of the ball you could tell like it it was absolutely fine because we could really we were going to have possession, so it was better to have your ball progressive players on. Like, it weren't a crowd game. It wasn't, and like, I know no weren't fit, but it weren't the sort of game you needed to hold in. And credit to Moyes, he read that well, and he went out with the right team. This is where now the issues are lie with crowd. You, Noble was out for six weeks. Suchek's got COVID. We've got Leeds, who like to be a bit more ball progressive or ball retentive than West Ham. So they're going to try and hold possession of the ball tomorrow. If crowd doesn't get a game, you're looking at this going, when is it? Like, I know we keep saying this and it's like, he's got to get time somewhere. Like, we, like our backup holding midfielders out, our starting holding midfielders got COVID. Like, if you're playing Manuel Lanzini against a team who are going to have possession, it's not a good sign. No, exactly. And you think, I mean, obviously, we'll get onto this. After this game, there is... Um, United, but then there's a break, so people will be coming back. Kidderminster, maybe you're looking at giving him a game yeah. in, but if if you're looking at those sorts of games as the only game time you're getting, yeah, like right. it's, it doesn't it doesn't show that Moyes has got much confidence in him. Yeah, like since he's joined West Ham, he's literally only featured in five games, and in those five games, he's had two ninety minutes, a five minute, twenty five minute, and a minute. It's like. Yeah, it just doesn't come across like he trusts him. No, and, and obviously, I'd imagine he'll be getting frustrated, but you don't know how he might be. Obviously, he was convinced to join, you'd imagine, in part by Suchek and Sufal with their the Czech connection, but maybe it is a long, a longer-term thing, um, and he's going to come in. I don't, I don't know how long you wait for that, because obviously Noble's leaving the end of the year. Like That's done. Mm. Is he willing to wait around and... Obviously, he's still not going to be a starter, but watch this space. Bit of, bit of cricketing news for you, Jamie. Go for it. Virat Kohli steps down as India Test captain. Wow, that's good. That's good news. Anyway, um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> quick detail. I think there. we've also got to potentially look like Rice could leave in the summer. That's not unfeasible. Not impossible. Yeah. Yeah. So you're losing two, three infielders in Rice, not uh, Noble and Crow. That leaves you only Suchek. You're gonna have to get reinforcements in potentially. Like, look, I'm I'm talking about Rice leaving. I, I, I it would take a big bid to get him out. And the way we're playing, if we're in Europe, that is obviously helpful. But you can't go into next season needing two or three midfielders because they need to gel. They need to work. Like, it's not ideal. Next yeah, summer, they need, need to build a relationship. We need to sign a central midfielder next summer. Like, yeah. even if Rice stays, just because. 
there's no guarantee Rice is going to be here in long term because he's good enough to play Champions League football. You've got to have someone who's readily to step in. You've got to expect that it's a matter of if, not when. Uh, sorry, yeah. a matter of when, not if um, mm. Rice does end up leaving, um, which is fair enough, like you say. Um, one other thing I wanted to mention was how good was it to see Aaron Creswell back in that starting lineup because we it's were just... getting worried that it wasn't going to happen anytime soon. But it just gives you that extra level of confidence in your defence, I think. He's just so steady. Like, yes, he's 33 years old and we need to find a reinforcement, but my God. He's just, he's like a fine wine. Like, when you think back, like, Daryl used to hate him. I used to, like, fight his, I used to fight his corner. And now it's like, we can't imagine the team without Creswell. He brings so much stability to this team. And it will be, a, like, I think a lot of people forget how many games he's played for West Ham. And, like, um, I think he's our second he's, most. Um, yeah, only um, Noble has more Premier League appearances than him. Yeah, so like it shows you how much of a stalwart he's been for West Ham. He's always consistent for us. Like, Cres- I, I just think Creswell's such a good player, and I think a lot of people appreciate how state good he is for us. Like, and at seven million pound or whatever he cost us all those years ago, what a bargain he's proven to be. Mm. Yeah, see, the market was different then, but still, seven million pound for the longevity you've gotten out of him is fantastic. I thought it was a lot. I actually thought it was more like five, but even so, like the, the amount of value we've got out of Creswell, uh, yeah, three point seven five million plus add-on clauses. We signed Jesus, Jesus. yeah. Well, there you go. Even more of a bargain than I thought. Um, one last person, obviously, want to talk about, and that is the main man himself, Jared Bowen, who, as you said, is on fire. Um, his goal involvements, obviously, you, you reeled off his stats there. And he's got more goal involvements than the likes of Rashford, Mount, um, mm. Greenwood, all of these players that are in and around that England setup. Do you see a world where he gets an England cap in the near future? He has to. He has to. Like when you see that Stephen Warnock comment, which is a very empty comment that's not someone who hasn't really checked their stats and figures. Like, he needs to do more. And it's like, well, no one's saying that about Sancho. No one's saying that about, like, like yeah, people are saying Sancho's disappointing. And people are saying that about Grealish. But, like, people were still telling Bowen to go and get more goal involvement. It's like, well, how much more does he have to fucking do to actually get into that team? Like, he's playing brilliantly well. For me, he's the clear hammer of the year at the moment. Like... I just think Bowen's been fantastic. And if he's not in the England squad in March and he keeps this form up, I think it'll be a bit of a travesty. I'm just going to look up the odds of him to make the World Cup squad. He's probably like eight, I bet. Uh, Would he be down as a midfielder or a forward? I'd imagine he'd be down as a midfielder. That's what I'm thinking, but I can't see his name anywhere. I can't oh, even it. find odds on Skybet. Jared Bowen forward is now 11 to 4. Oh, he's down as a forward, that's why. Yeah. yeah. So he's ahead of likes of Abraham, Hudson, and Doy. So, yeah. Uh, but obviously, it's going to be hard to make that squad. Um, as things stand, it is back to a 23 man squad yeah. rather than the 26 that we saw for the Euros last year. Um, so you'd say it's he's definitely 
an outsider, um, but worth a few quid probably if, if you fancy a flutter. Because if he does carry up this, carry on this form, um, then he's. I think the thing is definitely going played, to be putting the pressure on Southgate. If he plays at Liverpool right now and he had this form, I think there would be no debate about him being in this. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, like I, I know I'm not Klopp's biggest fan or Liverpool's biggest fan, but. If he was playing at Liverpool or City and he was playing at this level, it wouldn't be a debate. He'd be in there without no one even doubting it. I think the thing that hammers it home for me, it sits down to who you are and your relationship with Southgate already. He's the same odds to make the squad as Jesse Lingard. Which is ridiculous. Like nothing against Jesse. Lingard can't like get a game at the moment, which is not right. Like, I, I know there was obviously that bit I had, but he had six good months, Lingard, right? There was other people who had good seasons for a while who wouldn't have got in. And I know you've got to have players you trust, but it's just, yeah, it shows you sometimes there's people that just need to do a couple of good things and they'll be straight back in. So I was actually checking. West Ham have got four, five, six, seven, eight... Two of the top eight top goal involvements this season. So Salah's running away with it. He's got 25 yeah. goal involvements this season. Dennis is on 13. Antonio's on 13. Then Bowen's eighth. Oh, no, this has got to be out of date. He's down as four Premier League goals. He's got <laughs> I was going to say, like, he's got more than that, surely. Oh, yeah, two last night. And he definitely had more than two before that. Got five goals this season, but he scored in every competition, hasn't he? He, I think, he's the only player that scored in every competition for West Ham. So he's got uh, seven. He's he's got got five goals in the Prem: two against Norwich, twelve goals, one against Chelsea, one against Villa, and one against Brentford. Yep. So he's our second top goal contributor, just behind Antonio. Like when you look, like Yacht has got ten goals this season, like. Just running away with it, but yeah, yeah like two Liverpool men are right on top, aren't they? Yeah, like I just think he's been fantastic this year, Bowen, and he should be in that England squad. There you go, you heard it here first. Um, we will take a quick break now, uh, and then we'll be back to talk about our second fixture in a week against Leeds, this time in the Premier League. And there we have it. Nice bit of Ludo there for you. Um, so, yeah, tomorrow afternoon, as we record this, um, we welcome Leeds to the London Stadium for the second time in seven days, almost a, exactly a week, or it is a week, exactly a week, isn't it? Two o'clock, um, since we beat them 2 0 in the FA Cup. They obviously haven't had a fixture since, um, with, with our rearranged fixture being dumped in this week. Um, how do you see this one going similar to last week? Um, obviously, they might have a couple of more players back from injury, potentially Bamford. Um, and obviously, we're probably going to be without Suchek. So, how do you see this one going in comparison to last week? Uh, still confident we'll win because Leeds have been quite poor this season. Like, I'm just trying to read up if there is any injury news. Uh, so, that's the West Ham squad. I was hoping it'd actually say the Leeds squad. Like, 
no Calvin Phillips still is a massive benefit for us. Yeah. Um, I, I would like to think we win this game. If we win this game, I, we guarantee ourselves uh, Premier League football next season. Uh, <laughs> like that's all that matters. I'd just like to think that we would win this game. Like just because it just feels like the sort of game if you you need to win if you're going to be pushing top six. With the form that Leeds are in, Leeds had won their last Premier League game, but they didn't look great against us. Just didn't look like they could take their chances. When you're going to put in our best attacking players, I just think we'll have too much for them. This will be a really good game to win because you win this, the way it stands, you're only four points off even bloody Chelsea. Like, and I know people are saying Chelsea and that are running away with it, but if you'd said near the end of March, Jan, you're four points away from Chelsea after the money they spent, you'd have bitten your hand off, which is crazy to think. It is, it really is. And yeah, it feels like we had that little sticky period around Christmas. Um, and it feels like now, obviously, like you say, we won three league games in a row. If we make that four, um, obviously a tough test next weekend before the winter break um but that will be, it'll be nice to go into that with a little bit of form behind us uh obviously Cresswell back as well um big help for us mm. um just giving us that little bit of extra defensive solidity you'd imagine the back four, four plus keeper isn't going to change um mm. from Wednesday night obviously Rice is in there with Another at this point, um, whether they stick with Lanzini in that role or if Crowd does get any game time, we'll see. But I would imagine if I think it'll be the same 11. I think it'll be unchanged too. I think it will be the exact same 11 too. Yeah, I think I think it makes sense. Um, especially, obviously, we have back-to-back clean sheets now as well. Um, yeah. First time since October, um, which is nice to see. Uh, so we're sort of building a little bit, obviously, with this still second choice centre half pairing. Um but obviously good news this week is that Kurt Zimmer is back in training and could even be back next weekend for the Man United game, which would be a huge boost for us. Yeah, that would be massive for us if we Yeah, if we could get that, that would make our defence so much more solid and probably would not mean we need a centre half. Like maybe someone on loan, but I don't think we'll sign us enough. That's the other thing. Our transfer news is really quiet at the moment. It doesn't feel like there's anything close, which I don't, I don't mind it being quiet, I guess, because it just means that we're trying to get deals done behind closed doors. But yeah, at the moment, I just can't see it changing. Like It's got to be. No, nah, I think I think if anyone comes in, like you say, as a defender, it'll probably be a loan deal. It would still be nice to get a striker. Um, but who exactly we're going to get? Obviously, there's rumours of a few players out of France. We'll see. Um, another player I wouldn't mind who's been linked many a time is Andrea Bellotti. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's a similar stature and style of player up to Antonio. Um, he's out of contract in the summer as well, so he should be available fairly cheap. Yeah, uh, he has had a couple of injuries this season, um, so he hasn't had that much game time. Um, but I think someone like that could be worth a look. Uh, obviously, the Lingard link is still there, but it seems as though he's not going to be going anywhere now. Um, just looking at the latest odds, we were around evens um, last week. 
we're now out to four to one. Still favourites, but a four to one. So it looks like he's going to be staying at Man U um, and fighting for his place for the rest of the season, which I guess fair play. But mm. I, I mean, was. I'm, I'm just checking. So clean sheet wise, we're mid table fifth, joint fifth. Leeds are 16th with only three clean sheets this year. Only one team has got less than three clean sheets this year. That's Newcastle. That's so, bad, isn't it? They're a bad side. Yeah, you'd like to think, reading that, that we can score. And I'd like to think we the defence is looking more solid. We can just get across the line. How is the prediction league looking, by the way, Higo? So, after the Norwich game... Um... Daryl got two points with his 3-1, so he got the correct result. Uh, and you also picked up two points with a 3-0 prediction. Uh, James smashed it with a 2-0 prediction, so he got seven points for that. And, and I also got seven points, two for the correct result. I went for a 4-0, but I did have Bowen as first goal scorer. So, James still props up the league on 43 points, then me on 59, you on 64, and Daryl on 69. Nice. Um, so it's it's getting tighter at the top um, just 10 points separating us top three uh, and then James another 16 points behind but all it takes is one now like smashed smashed on prediction for a 15 pointer and you're right back in the in the mix exactly so, exactly uh, anything can change in one game and speaking of which let's get our predictions locked in for tomorrow's game okay I'm gonna go. 2-1 West Ham. Just we're due to be we're due to concede. Uh and I'm gonna go first goal scorer as uh, <laughs> uh four hours, but I'm not confident about it. I say you really are confident about that. Um, I'm going 3 1. Like you, I think we are we're due to concede a goal as well, but I do think we will have too much for them, similar to how we did last week. Mm. I'm going for Nikola Vlasic. As first I was tempted by him, I was tempted. It's going to happen sometime, isn't it? So, and how we played against them last time that makes sense, yeah. So, with any luck, mm. he can get his second Premier League goal. I was going to say first, but he did get one against Palace, didn't he? So he is yeah. up and running. Um, but yeah, um, we'll obviously, well, you'll be back hopefully at some point next week with a podcast before the Man United game. Yeah. Um, I am Enjoy your honeymoon. on Monday morning. So I am going to be, while you're recording, I'll probably be sat by a pool with beer in my hand. Um, loving life. Um, Not a bad way to go, is it? It could be worse. It definitely could be worse. Um, so, yeah, we'll obviously be back next week with more in the build-up to the Man United game and obviously to talk about whatever happens tomorrow against Leeds, um, which leaves us with only one thing left to say, and that is... Come on, your